What up, fanboys, fangirls, non-binaries, geeks, otakus around the world? Welcome to another edition of the Franchise Talks, a pop culture podcast. I'm your lovely host, the Franchise, and we're almost there to Christmas. We're in the final week, like basically the big week, basically rush week before Christmas. <laughs> um, yeah, as of this recording, it is the 19th. Um, Christmas Eve falls on the 24th. If you're like Mexicano like me. You know we celebrate the 24th, we go hard, um, pretty much, you know, we celebrate the midnight, if you're not know, and then usually the next day is like kind of like a lazy day, you know, leftover eat day because mostly everything is closed, um, but my mom likes to celebrate the 25th as well because, you know, she was born here, she's Mexicana, but she was born here, but she kind of like, you know, she grew up around, you know, like other cultures and they celebrate the 25th, but... We're doing like two things, so I can't wait. I got cut, relatives coming over from Texas as well. I haven't seen them in a while, so it'll be good, like catching up and, you know, and like I said, you know, like the holidays kind of affects people with like with mental health and stuff. So, want to check out how everyone is doing? I mean, hopefully you watched the World Cup yesterday. Oh my God, what a match! You know, Argentina and France, and you know, it was back and forth. I kind of went for Argentina because I just wanted to see Messi finally win one because everyone kept saying he's like the next reincarnation of Maradona. And, you know, France trying to be, like, you know, the first team to do back-to-back in over, like, 60 years. Um, It was a good match. And Argentina led early, and then France found a way to come back. And, of course, you know, I, you know, the manager of France made some questionable over substitutions and went down to the whole penalties thing, which, you know, it made the game exciting. And Argentina ended up winning. You know, congratulations to Messi. Congratulations to Argentina. You know, Argentina people are happy. You know, the Federation is their third, you know, championship and we'll have to wait and see in four years when it comes over here to our territory for the u.s canada mexico and we'll see how that goes in 2026 but like i said both teams played hard it was an interesting world cup a lot of like surprises a lot of upsets um like i said that's what the world cup is and then i got to see a little bit of the bears and eagles you know the battle between jalen hurts and justin fields bears tried their best they hold off the eagles just five points over and of course you know it was a cold weather game because it's fucking cold outside right now. And, you know, both teams were playing hard. You know, the Bears tried to stay until one of the teams that only have one loss in the league. But overall, like for me with the Bears, it's like pretty much, you know, Justin Fields is getting better. Just wish the offensive line needs to work together, be cohesive, and pretty much, you know, be nice. You know, it's like giving that protection that that way he doesn't always have to run all the time. So. That's pretty much what I'm seeing so far. But other than that, um, hopefully I got all my holiday shopping done. Got all my Christmas shopping done. So thank God. Um, got everything I need. I was able to wrap everything. I'm trying to record early right now. Yeah, it's freaking seven o'clock in the morning because my mom is coming over and because she wants to see me and see my cat Cyrus before you know holidays because I go back to do my normal day job <laughs> this Wednesday. So. Um, other than that, you know, hope you guys are doing great. Hope you guys are staying well and, you know, not feeling sick. Because this is why I hate around this time because of the fact that I usually get sick closer to the holidays. But so far, I'm taking care of myself. You know, I've been drinking plenty of water, taking plenty of fluids, making sure I'm eating good. So hopefully, I can make a good streak. It's just allergies right now. It's like allergies in the, in the course with the weather changing up and down. Now it's getting colder now. It's... It's been taking a toll on my body. My body doesn't know how to react. It's like, oh, shit, it's warm. Okay, I'll react this way. Oh, wait, it's cold. Man, I'll react this way. So, um, other than that, I um, hope you guys are doing good. And, of course, you know, we're going to continue on on my anime recommendations or basically anime that I had completed watching. Um, There's some anime that I actually rated kind of low. And I was, like, going through my anime list and give you guys the rest of the anime that I have completed. I do recommend watching it. Some I actually kind of gave it, like, a low rating, kind of like a six. So, and I can give you a reason why I gave it a six. So definitely something we'll look forward to. So we'll do that. Um, other than that, um, I need to fulfill my obligations to my sponsors. So we'll go over that as well. Not only will we sponsored by Anchor, who is my home platform. Um, I also got to talk about Poddex. You know, Poddex are unique interview questions and episodes starting prompts in the palm of your hand. So whether you're a new podcaster or an existing broadcaster looking to grow your audience or get more engagement, you're going to want to check out poddex.com. Use the code TALKPOP for 10% off your first order. Poddex is the hottest new tool for podcasters looking to have more meaningful conversations or gamify their podcasts. 
Simply shuffle up, ask a question, and let the content roll. Get yours today at poddex.com and use the code TALKPOP for 10% off your order. It's a great tool, guys. It's like a deck of cards, and you can shuffle up here like, you know, it has different episode ideas, and even when you do interviews, it actually like has like interesting questions. So definitely something you should check it out. They also have an app that's out, so definitely check that out. I also want to thank my other sponsor that I got this year, um, ExpressVPN. And you're probably checking out is what the heck is a VPN? So VPN is basically like a virtual private network. Just think about an extra like, basically an extra lock your bathroom door or actually lock on your bedroom door because you want to make sure you don't want anyone picking into your bedroom um pretty much it protects your browsing and streaming with ease you can install expressvpn on any mobile device smart tv laptop desktop and even a gaming console so if you're planning to use public wi-fi when traveling make sure to have expressvpn activated to protect yourself and your data and browse safely um, pretty much what expressvpn does when you connect to their service your internet traffic goes through an encrypted tunnel that third parties including your ISP or internet service provider, hackers, or even government agencies cannot see into. Helps with privacy, keep your whereabouts to yourself, and serve for the peace of mind. When you connect to any other server locations, you get a different, unique IP address and can make yourself appear to be in a different country. You can avoid certain price discrimination based on location and help keep your identity private. And you're wondering, when you connect to a VPN, it creates an encrypted connection known as a tunnel between your device and the internet. The VPN masks your IP address with its own unique address in the tunneling process. That unique address is shared with thousands of other VPN users, so it makes it virtually impossible for anyone to trace your internet activity back to you. By using a VPN, your own IP address is masked or scrambled by the VPN, protecting your location, identity, and online activity from anyone else, which is a funny thing your IP address. Sorry, guys, incognito mode does not work. A VPN protects your privacy and lets you browse security, but what if your VPN connection gets interrupted? Your browser and other apps won't warn you that you are connecting without uh, protection. That's where a VPN kill switch comes in. If your VPN drops, the kill switch disables all internet traffic. This protects your IP address and other sensitive information from being exposed. Once your VPN connection is restored, your secure internet access resumes. ExpressVPN uses an AES known as an Advanced Encryption Standard with 256-bit keys, also known as an AES-256. It's basically the same encryption standard adopted by the U.S. government and trusted by security experts worldwide to protect classified information. It's like a hacker hundreds of years to get your particular information. What's cool about ExpressVPN, I like using it because I can get access to geolock content by using the unique locations to 94 available international servers. For me, example, you know, with Netflix and stuff, um, I don't have HBO Max right now. I kind of can't say the same money, but um, find out that too, Ghibli films are pretty much on Netflix. So what I do is if I'm going to plan on watching on my browser, what I have to do is click on the extension, click on ExpressVPN, and pretty much push my unique location to someone like, for say, for example, Canada. Then I go back to my browser, refresh Netflix, I type in Spirit Away. Now I get Spirit Away, I get access to other Studio Ghibli films, and plus many more content that's also geolocked. It's pretty much easy, guys. Definitely check that out. ExpressVPN offers 24-7 customer support. They offer a 30-day money-back guarantee. No hassle, no risk. Plans start at $12.95 a month, $59.95 for six months, or a more popular $99.95 for a year with savings of 35% off. Their best-in-class security encryption, no activity logs or connection logs, so they only keep track of your particular activity. They're rated 4.7 out of 5 on Trustpilot and the Apple Store. Right now, listeners of the franchise talks get three months added for free by signing up using our link, which is expressvpn.com. Don't worry, I'll add all that information in the episode description. Thank you so much to ExpressVPN, Poddex, and, of course, Anchor. So now let's back back to the nitty-gritty. Let's talk about anime, guys. I love talking about anime. It's kind of weird when I do it, but I love talking about it. So let's get to the nitty gritty. I pull up. I went through my anime list, went through what I completed, what I rated high, what I rated low, and picked out the ones that to me are unique that I recommend. So let's go ahead. There's one I actually gave it a kind of a low rating, kind of a six. See, I did not enjoy it, but it was okay at best. I think I have to read the source material to understand it more, but there's something where sometimes I read the manga and get into it, but something where, you know, I haven't read the light novel, I just go in blind without any knowledge about it because I see, oh, it's new this year or something. 
So this one actually came out in, I believe it came out in, look it up in the summer of 2019. Um, this is called Arifueta Shogoku de Sekai Saiku or Arifueta from Commonplace to World's Strongest. Um, basically, it's a uh, it's a nice and light novel, it's an action adventure fantasy with a little bit of harem Sekai esque type of um, thing. It's licensed by Funimation. The studios are Artist Red and Mike Fox. It ran for there's about two seasons of it. I haven't watched the recent season yet. I need to go back and watch it just to see if it gets better. But I pretty much get the first season of six, which is like a fine. But before I give you my reason why I gave it a fine, let me just read you guys the synopsis. Basically, the ordinary life of a 17-year-old otaku named Hajime Nagamo is disrupted when he and his classmates are summoned to a fantasy world and tasked with saving mankind. While his classmates are gifted with impressive abilities, useful in combat, Hajime is belittled for only gaining an inferior transmutation skill that lacks any real offensive power. During an expedition in the Great Orcus Labyrinth, Hajime is betrayed by one of his classmates, plummeting him to the bottom of the abyss. Though he survives the fall, Hajime is faced with a menacing monster and misfortunes of him spiraling into a grim nightmare. Desperate to live and return home one day, he resolves to fight for his survival, only to meet an imprisoned vampire he names Yue, also seeking to escape the labyrinth. Taking an interest in him, Yue and a few others along the way accompany Hajime on his journey to find a way back home, while steadily transforming from commonplace to the world's strongest. Well, okay, so... Before you guys shoot at me, I mean, even the anime, my anime list has it at 6.69. Reason why I gave it 6 is fine. Um, I love the animation. I think it felt, you know, it tried to give it, you know, it's a, like I said, Isekai also knows other world. It's pretty much an overused genre when it comes to, like, anime and stuff. So, bear with me. It's an overused genre. Kind of like when video games, they use World War II as the most overused genre time period for any video game. So, you know, looking at you, Call of Duty, Medal of Honor... You know, Battlefield, all that stuff, but. With this one, you know, the reason why I gave it a six is because I felt it was okay. It was fine. Um, I don't know why it needed to have Aaron and Fancers. It shouldn't need to. But, you know, the premise is already there, you know. This was this guy, not just the main character he got transported, but his whole class did. And just because the other classmates don't like him, because I don't know, it, it's just his. Because it's basically, you know, they judge him based on what he is. And they felt, you know, he's weak. Why we need this guy? And, you know, your whole class got summoned. They're giving abilities. And this guy, just because... it's I think it's because of the whole jealousy thing. But at the same time, it's like... Why I hated by was, you know, this guy gets beat up. Something happens. And he gets thrown into this pit. And then none of his... The one thing I hated was none of his classmates decided, you know what? Let's go find a guy. And no, they just said, you know what? We're just going to leave him there. He probably died anyway. When that's, it kind of ticked me off. It's like, come on, guys. Um, and of course, I like it, it. Kind of like, you know, later on, it shows like his his progression. You know how his hair turns white. How he, you know, all these things happen to him. And of course, he finds Yue, which to me is a really lovely character. Um, of course, you know, has to be Harem. You know, we get to see like you know these other characters show up. And I just felt there was so much going on with the plot. It kind of like, you know, it bounced around everywhere. Like, one episode's focused on him, the next is focused on the class. I see what they're doing, which I understand because it's not just him, but his class is also. And what I didn't like his classes, they pretty much, you know, I know some remember him, but the rest are like, oh, let's go on, move our lives, let's just keep fulfilling our mission. And even like the the kingdom that actually some of them decide you know what it's a good idea let's go ahead keep going forward while others still are worried about him because I mean it's a 17 year old high school kid I mean come on senior third year you know it's kind of you know that's my classmate you know we should be going after him but they're like oh we're gonna brush him off it's like oh he's all the life he'll survive but maybe he can survive so I mean the animation's good the music was great I just felt it was like the plot was so like overwhelming you know and of course, she had to throw a little hair up because, of course, um, all the characters are nice. All the girls are cute at all, but I just felt that it kind of defeated the purpose of. I just wish it could have deep more into how he got to the point. It kind of like did some time skipping. So I don't know if the light novels are like that or the light novels go more in depth. How he, you know, was left for dead and how he became of who he is. I just wish it would have shown more of his progress and stuff. But other than that, it was okay at best. 
I know there's another season of it, which I'm definitely going to take another chance, but I gave it a six. I just felt, you know, it was just the plot itself was just, like I said, it was overwhelming. So much to go on. It's like, you know, the Marvel Universe, this past phase where we had so many IPs, didn't give too much of any attention to it. Like, I even know I powered through this series. I just went through it just for the sake of let's see how it goes for the season. If they're going to do a second one. And luckily enough, they did the second season. So I definitely need to check that out. And hopefully it gets better from there. Maybe I'll find out they had the light novel. I think they do have the light novel here. I'm definitely going to check it out. So maybe go and read that just to see if it is a little bit better than the anime. And understanding why the animation anime studio decided to make this the way it is. But... If you want to see for yourself, I'll leave it up to you. If you want to skip this one, I don't think you're missing any out from it. But if you want to check it out, if you're into Sakai, you do want to see cute girls, it's maybe for you. But for me, I will say, for my my take on it, I'll say it's okay. But it's something that if you want to see it, fine. I don't highly recommend it. But if you want to see it, go right ahead. Like, I'm going to try to go back. May I should go back and rewatch it. Or maybe I could find like a manga adaptation of it and maybe go back and read the light novel and probably go back and rewatch this. Maybe my opinion will change about it. We'll see. But so, this is something where the choice is up to you guys. If you want to see it or not, check it out. And if with the Fakan place the world's strongest, it's currently on Crunchyroll. And also Funimation until it gets transferred over. But currently it is available on Crunchyroll. So like I said, it's up to you guys to make that choice. Okay, on to the next one. One of my favorite ones. I actually had to do a rewatch because this is pretty cool. Aggressive Retsuko or Retsuko. Um, it's on Netflix, guys. Um, this is by um, Sanrio. <laughs> it's a collaboration between Sanrio and Netflix, and basically it is a studio fan works. It's a comedy. Um, basically it's a bunch of episodes, it's a bunch of seasons, but usually guys start with the first one. I love it so much. Um, and. I enjoy it um, by Sanrio. You know, they do Hello Kitty and stuff. And I actually have a, a Gretzko uh, pop. I actually met. And I actually watched. The fun thing is I gave it a 9, which is great. I don't know why they gave it a 7. I enjoyed it. It's a workplace comedy. Like, with me, I try to expand my horizons when it comes to, like, anime and stuff. And, you know, and that be tied to this certain genre. And I don't know. It's something when I saw the trailer was on Netflix. Like, I usually watch Netflix when it comes to, like, original anime they have licensing to. But I saw the trailer for it. I fell in love with it. I enjoyed it. I gave it a nine, uh, a nine, just because I did a rewatch of it. Love the character, and she's great, especially when she does death metal karaoke. So it's like it's freaking awesome. It's by Samuel, like I said. It's um, basically um, you know, they're known for Hello Kitty and stuff, and they have this character. She's like a red panda, and I like it because it's in Japan. You know, all working. She she's an office worker. So let me read the synopsis for it really quick. Um, let me go ahead and read it for you guys. So basically, some offices have stereotypical dynamics. The chauvinistic pig of a boss who never does any real work. The employees whose goal is to suck up to the boss, the ones whose lives seem perfect. And the individuals who have all the actual work push onto them. Retsko, the red panda, is the last group. As she stays late most nights to make up the work her co-workers are too lazy to do themselves. Her relief from the stress of her everyday life comes in the form of singing death metal at a local karaoke club. Night after night, Retsuko channels her grief into a microphone and considers the place to be her own personal sanctuary. But as she moves further away from her comfort zone and the ideas people have her, she discovers that letting others into a world of death metal may not be such a bad thing. I love it. Oh, I love the animation. I sorry, I watched it in English. Um, I actually met the actress. I recommend this at Aces. She's so cool. She sent my Funko Pop. I love that show. She talked about it. And I like her fact, you know, she has this, like Retsuko, like I said, she's in her 20s and, you know, she's an office worker. She's single and, you know, she works in the accounting department. She has some coworker friends, um, Hayata and Fenico. And, you know, she's trying her best, you know, deal with her boss who's freaking, you know, doesn't want to do shit. And he has a, a subordinate. That pretty much sucks up and pretty much, you know, puts it all on her plate. I can understand she has her frustration. I love the fact she goes to karaoke, she sings death metal. I love the songs that she does in death metal. I kind of like how her expression changes and the tone of the music. It's all like much more cheerful than when she goes to the death metal. It's like, Rawr! 
like that. I was like, oh my god, this is great. And um, I'm rewatching it. There's like a bunch of seasons on Netflix. Uh, but definitely want to check out with the first one. And they have a, a Christmas album episode as well called We Wish You a Metal Christmas. And I started rewatching it in Japanese. Even the Japanese version is really great too. The, the dub. So I, this is something I recommend sub and dubs. Uh, before I say probably with that, I recommend both as well if you want to. I know people are like kind of picky when it comes to sub and dubs. I would recommend watching the sub first, uh, sub first and then watch the dub afterwards. For me, I kind of did the reverse and did the dub first. And now I'm rewatching it in sub. I am enjoying it. So hopefully you guys enjoy it as well. So check out Let's Go. Currently, it's currently all these episodes you can get right now. I know there's another season that's coming soon, but definitely check it out on Netflix. And that one, I gave it a 9 out of 10. The only thing I wish there were more episodes. That's the only thing I felt was like underwhelming was I wish there was more episodes to branch out the story more. But like I said, this isn't the original concept. So it's something where, you know, it's just something they write for. It's not based on any works and you gotta love the merch as like, you cannot go anywhere without seeing any rescue related merch but like I said that's the only thing reason I found fault with it was I wish there were more episodes it's only about 10 episodes but I wish there were about 3 more like the same like anime season was like 12 episodes or 13 alright next one this is something where people I know I heard opinions about this anime but I actually enjoyed it so this one, I actually gave it a really good score. I gave it a 9 out of 10. I just felt there was a long period between breaks of this anime, but I understand why they did what they did. Um, it's called 86. It's based on a light novel. It's uh, action, drama, sci-fi with a mil- mecha military background. Um, basically, the first part ran for 11 episodes. There's a part 2 of it. Um, it kind of split the season with a gimmick of it, but I enjoyed it. Um... So basically, the synopsis is, according to the Republic of Simon Magnolia, their ongoing war against the Gate, Ga- I don't know, Gideon Empire has no casualties. However, that is mere propaganda. While the superhero Alba of the Republic's 85 sectors live safely behind the protective walls, those different appearances are interned in the secret 86 faction, known within the military as the 86. They are forced to fight against Empire's Autonomous Legion under the command of the Republican handlers. Vladelina Mildes, what's your name, is assigned to the spearhead, Elena, uh, that she likes to call herself, to the spearhead squad and replaced her previous handler. Shown by her peers for being a fellow 86 supporter, she continues to fight against their inhumane discrimination. She handles in is the captain of the spearhead squadron, infamous for being the sole survivor of every squadron he's been in. He consists of Insists on shouldering the names and wishes of his fallen comrades. When the fate of these young souls of two different worlds collide, will it ignite the spark that lights their path to salvation, or will they burn themselves in flame despair? So, what, what kind of like, what kind of like drew me to this anime was for the fact that it touched on things like you know prejudice, discrimination, how you know certain governments don't tell their 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 you know their you know, people like what you know the truth, and by claiming, oh yeah, these are like autonomous drones, they're you know, and you know they're taking care of these like rogue, like ro- robotic AIs that are from another nation that pretty much lost control, and now they're being they're attacking this country and their own. They're just fulfilling whatever program they were placed into. Even that government can't stop them. So pretty much, you know. They had to come in, and now you know they're using these people who you know they're not also with hair and stuff. So you see, you see discrimination. So they take these people who are from different backgrounds, different looks, and say, "Yo, why are you gonna fight for us?" But no one's not gonna know who you are besides your handler. And I think Lena kind of you know her uncles in the one of the heads of the military. She feels that those people should deserve respect, and because they're fighting for a country, even though they're not being recognized. And she becomes like, you know, showing these sympathetic towards them, even though she doesn't get to meet them, only through like um, communications. But she starts to like, you know, wanting to get to know them, you know, what their their likes, what their dislikes are, you know, what they're described as, and only for one day able to meet up with them. Of course, you know, the military's looking at her like, oh man, she's a rebel. Why is she being a sympathizer of these eighty six squadron? But 
it kind of puts herself to a test as well where showing how what kind of leader she wants to be and what kind of handler she is and showing that hey you know don't judge a book by its cover she hates how they're being discriminated against and she feels they deserve the respect and you know commendation they do for fighting for them even though she feels like they should be fighting as well but of course they decided to let them operate these mechs which are pretty pretty cool like i'm I wasn't big into, like, the whole mecha-type animes. I know I remember seeing Zoids back in the day when it was on Cartoon Network, but I, it didn't draw to me. What drew me was this, like, was just the theming of, you know, discrimination, prejudice, you know, not liking people with different backgrounds. It's like seeing how it still kind of speaks to this world today. I mean, you go to dark countries, and even there's, like, systematic racism. It's like, you know, even though we're told like to love each other, but sometimes you can go to a country, and they don't like you based on your how you look like you know not just and the way you speak so definitely check out 86 i gave it a nine um and my analyst gave it an eight i know that some other people said it's okay but i loved it i like for the fact that i watched it in sub i haven't seen japanese i know one of my favorite ja uh, bad japanese actresses in it i'm sorry Jaime is in it uh she's one of the japanese actresses i follow and it's great um there's a part two to it is and while i could buy a little part two that well it's really good about this is like even like to almost the last episodes they actually lined it up and waited 86 days to show the last episode just to, to follow you know the timeline I guess so definitely check this out this anime I believe they're dubbing it it's on Crunchyroll itself so definitely check it out um 86 so definitely something that I definitely recommend checking out um uh, like I said definitely check that out I actually have a lane of figurine from the figure arts so they started releasing merchandise of that so definitely check that out she's kind of like cool and collected so definitely check it out um now i'm gonna give you some traditional showing stuff so the next one that i highly recommend is black clover it's by studio pro who also worked on naruto it's an action comedy fantasy with a little bit of magic in there guys it's based on a manga and start with the first it's got one season they are they did announce they are doing a film as well under um, some OVAs for like a film festival. Um, basically, it's not this is. I gave this one an eight because I think what I'll explain why I gave it eight. But let me read you the synopsis. Um, Asa, you know, were banned at the same church on the same day, raised together as children. They came to be known of though the Wizard King, a title given to the strongest mage in the kingdom. Mage in the kingdom. Sorry, guys. However, as they grew up in the start, the start difference between them became evident. While Yuno is able to wield magic with amazing power and control, Asta cannot use magic at all and desperately tries to weaken his powers by training physically. When they reach the age of 15, Yuno is bestowed a spectacular grimoire with a four-leaf clover, while Asta receives nothing. However, soon after, Yuno is attacked by a person named Levity, whose main purpose is to obtain Yuno's grimoire. Asta tries to fight Levity, but he is outmatched, though what hope well, without hope, and on the brink of defeat, he finds the strength to continue when he hears Yuno's voice, unleashing his inner emotions and rage. Asta receives a five-leaf clover grimoire, a black clover, giving him enough power to defeat Liberty. A few days later, the two friends head out into the world, both seeking the same goal, to become the Wizard King. So it's kind of, you can tell, it's kind of like Trisha Shonen, where, you know, the protagonist wants to work towards a goal. He's being looked down on by others to accomplish his protector title. But like the fact, they kind of has like these two characters fighting for the same title, Wizard King. So you had the little like sibling type rivalry because the race is like almost like siblings. And it just, I, the reason why I gave it an eight was because of, you have to be really patient if you're watching Japanese because the character Asa does like the yell a lot in the first few episodes. I don't know how that voice actor was able to save his voice for that, just all the shouting stuff, because that's how Asta is at the beginning. He's like, always loud and screaming, but don't worry, guys. If you get past to that, the next five episodes, it'll be fine afterwards. You start talking in a normal decibel. I started reading the manga after watching the anime. Just get more idea of the plot and stuff afterwards. It does get really good. I mean, it's actually really good. It's a really good plot. I like it that the whole world, like, with magic is basically, like, everything. And like I said, Asta's kind of like the... I would say he's kind of like the outcast where he does not have magic at all. But he doesn't let that be, like, his handicap. 
So he trains his body and hopefully he'll develop powers and you know, you know it's basically kinda of like the prodigy and you know, he Asa, he sees Asa's arrival, even though people are like, Why is he your rival and stuff? Because he why is Asa the rival? Because he has no freaking magic. It's because something that happened when they were kids. I don't want to get into detail. What I like about Asa's thing is like a kind of like an anti magic, so kinda of like any attack, any magic is going at him, he kind of like debug, like debuffs it and pretty much has protection against it. Um, I don't want to get into more details, like more because I want you guys to actually watch it. It's 170 episodes, so it's a good watch. Um, they are doing a film. Uh, the manga is really great right now. I know the creator came back from a break, so he's starting to get new chapters up soon. Um, definitely check out Black Clover. I gave it an eight. It's because of you know you gotta get through the Asa screaming. And also, I wish, um, kind of like the cliffhanger couldn't have been better at the, like, not the cliffhanger, but I think the time skipping kind of, they do a little time skip in there. I don't want to tell you when. Um, I wish it was more drawn out and stretched out more. I wish it would have more filler. It kind of ended on where they should have done more, but, uh, like I said, I gave it eight. It's something I could do. I could actually do a rewatch of it. Um, I've seen both the sub and dub. Uh, they're both great. Uh, pretty much, Chris Sabat's uh, voice of Captain Yami, and I love the the division of red, the, the the Black Bulls. They're really like a band of misfits, and everyone looks down on them because they're like the new Magic Knight squad. And, um, and like I said, it's something that it shows like you know, like again, never judge a book by its cover. And it kind of provides that message as well, and also has a little bit thing of the discrimination and stuff, which I don't want to get into more detail of because I want you guys to see it for yourself. But other than that, there are some comedic moments in there. Um, there are some episodes that kind of, I found they were like filler episodes, but definitely check it out. I love the animation. It's really great. I love the actors, the voice actors um, as well. So like I said, um, definitely check it out. Black Clover is currently airing on Crunchyroll. Okay, next one up is something that got me into playing this game right now. Cyberpunk Edgerunners! Um, it's basically a prequel, guys. It's the original. I don't know if I've ever mentioned this. Um, I gave it a 9 out of 10. reason why I gave it a 9 is because I wish there were more episodes. It was only 10 episodes. I forgot. It's on Netflix. Um, it's gore, psychological, got my studio trigger. It's produced by CD Projekt Red. Um, there's got really good voice cast in English and Japanese. So that way I watched it both. Um, so basically, it's basically based on CD Projekt Red. They said it's pretty much a prequel to the game's story. Pretty much premises dreams are doomed to die in night city a futuristic californian metropolis as a teenager living in the slums david and martinez is trying to fulfill his mother's lifelong wish for him to reach the top of Osaka. the world's leading security corporation and then he attends the prestigious Osaka academy while his mother works tirelessly to keep their family afloat well in an incident when a street game leaves david's life in tatters he stumbles across Upon Sanivistian cyberware, Protestant digresses were superhuman speed. Fueled by rage, David implants device in his bag, using it to take advantage of one of his tormentors. This gets him expelled from the academy, shattering his hopes of ever making his mother proud. After witnessing David's newfound abilities, a beautiful data thief, Lucia, also known as Lucy, Kushinata offers to deal with him, handing him a ticket to salvation. Over associating with Lucy, introduces David to the world of edge runners, cyborg criminals who will break away any law for money. Edge runners often lose their lives. Cyber does not break their mind source, but it's fight for survival inside a cross system. David is ready to risk it all. What I like about this is kinda of like it makes it like if you played they haven't played the video game, definitely this probably much this anime saved the video game because you know Cyberpunk had many problems when they first launched. So many glitches, mostly misleading of what system running on. I think when they announced they were doing anime of it, that's kinda of like helped it and many people start and then they start adding anime. Uh, they started animating, adding content to Cyberpunk based on the anime as well. So it kind of like helped save it and actually increase the sales because I actually, I actually got Cyberpunk 20. I'm actually playing that game right now. And I'm trying, there's a quest where you can try to find David's jacket from, from the anime and stuff. And they do mention the anime and stuff. And I do like the animation. It's Studio Trigger. They worked on Gurren Lagann. They worked on Promare. Um, they actually did a few like shorts for the Star Wars Echoes. Um series which is an anthology definitely recommend as well um i just wish there were more episodes i kind of i love the character of david how his character building is how he starts with this young kid to eventually be you know taking on the cyber and i kind of like how it invests like cyber 
where how it takes a toll on the body and, and like his struggles and stuff you know always thinking about his mom and then of course trying to you know his feelings for Lucy I could tell they had a really chem- chemistry in there um, and just the different cast and characters they run into and just trying to survive in a cyberpunk-esque type of city where pretty much money and power is everything so definitely check it out it's really great the theme song is by Franz Ferdinand this fire is a great opening theme song so definitely check it out cyberpunk edge runners on netflix so that's something you can re-watch definitely watch for this one and of course i think i didn't mention this earlier because i didn't have recording issues last episode but i never touched back with this i don't know if i ever did um Maybe I talked about Konosuba, but if I didn't, if I don't remember, guys, I'll talk about it again. It's something you can. I think I did talk about, it, but I'll talk about it anyways. I gave it a nine. The reason why I gave it a uh, not give it up a perfect ten was um, the fact that I don't know. It, the only thing I think it was the fact that um, I think it was more on Aqua herself, <laughs> um, herself as well. I just wish, even though I love the voice actress of Aqua. I just felt her character being a goddess was kind of like, <laughs> I wish she could have done better instead of being useless. I don't know, that's the reason why. <laughs> but Konosuba, Konosuba Subarashi Sekai no Shufuka Wall, also known as Konosuba, God's Blessing of the Mortal World. It's not, like a, it's not your traditional Isekai, it's a, kind of like a parody of it. It's like a re, it's like an adventure comedy. It's pretty much, to me, it's like a comedy. It, it's, it's funny, it's by Studio Dean. It's based on a light novel. Um, basically, after dying a life of pathetic death on his way back from Binding Game, high school student and recluse Kazuma Sato finds himself sitting before a beautiful but obnoxious goddess named Aqua. She provides a neat with two options. Get you out of heaven or reincarnate in every gamer's dream, a real fantasy world. Choosing to start a new life, Kazuma's quickly tasked with defeating a demon king who is terrorizing villages. Before he goes, he can choose one item of any kind to him in his quest. And the feature hero selects Aqua. Because I made a great mistake. Aqua's completely useless. That's why I gave it a 9 out of 10. Unfortunately, the troubles don't end here. Turns out that living in the world is far different from how it plays out in the game. Instead of going on a third adventure, the duel must first work to pay for the living expenses and need a response. So basically, this is like. Like, I love it for the fact it's making fun of the Isekai where you can go back to another world and you get overpowered. Here, it's like he has, he has to basically. Start from scratch. He doesn't get unique skills or anything. He doesn't have immortality. He decided to choose Aqua, which I felt, you know, she's beautiful and all, but I felt she was so obnoxious. She's looking down on him. She laughs at him. I can see the frustration in his face. Like, you know what? You said I could take anything. I'll take you. And she's like, what? What are you taking me for? And she's like, now she's stuck with them pretty much until they defeat this double demon king. And, you know, it's, it's a comedy. Like, that unfortunately, living in the stables, doing these odd jobs, you know. Everywhere, all she can do is like shoot water, possibly heal, and that's it. She doesn't have other big magic skills. And I like for the characters they meet along the way. They meet Megami, who I I love that character. Um, she does explosion magic, but the problem is she go <laughs> she go and do it at a certain time, and until she passes out. Then you got Darkness, who's basically like your tank character, who pretty much can't hit anything, and she's like this knight esque character, but she loves she gets off when you yell at her or talk dirty to her or talk down to her she kind of excites her and just the characters are hilarious and then Kazuma eventually gets a skill which I don't want to go into depth here because I need you guys to see it it's funny in both languages so I love the dynamic between the Japanese cast and even the dub cast as well it's funny as hell so definitely check out Konosuba it's two seasons and there's a film um, they announced a third season and a spinoff as well, based on Megamine herself. So definitely check out Konosuba on Crunchyroll. Okay, next one. I gave this one a 9 out of 10. Because I wish there was more. It's only 12 episodes. Um, it's called Goiwai Sekai Sefuku no Ato de, also known as Love at the World Domination. Uh, I actually read the manga. They just released more chapters of it. Uh, I'm going to keep going. I think it's, the manga is ending soon. I loved it. I enjoyed it. Definitely something you guys to watch. Basically, the theming is parodies. It's shown in. It's an action comedy romance based on the manga by Studio Project 9. It's on Crunchyroll. Um, synopsis says Fudo Aikawa and Nezumi Megahara have started, just started dating, but no one is allowed to know. Nicknamed Regilato, 
Fudo is the leader of Gelato 5, a group of heroes dedicated to protecting Japan. Basically, they're Power Rangers. <laughs> On the other hand, the other one's the Reaper Princess. Desami is one of the combat leaders of Gecko of the Princess series. Evil and Gecko is an evil secret society bent on world domination and considers all five rays. foe. As they pretend to be mortal enemies, Fudo and Desami sneak away from battle to spend time together. Despite their inexperience and romance, Fudo and Desami strive to make the relationship work while avoiding suspicion from their comrades. With their loyalties divided between each other and their respective sides, the couple will have to stay on guard if they want to keep their love a secret from the rest of the world. It's kind of like a Romeo meets Juliet type of anime, which I like, and it's making fun of Power Rangers. And I like that it's like, you know, the good guy doesn't always have to fall for one of his co-workers as a falling for, you know, uh, the other side. And Desmi is cute and all, and she's part of this Princess Cities group. She's freaking ridiculously strong. And the reason why she's there because her family worked for Gecko and stuff. So she's pretty much carried. She's basically a legacy. And Fudo, even though he's cute as well, he's not your typical muscle head. Yeah, he keeps himself in shape. He's surrounded by, you know, co-workers with their own unique personalities. Like it's like a Power Ranger, but everyone knows their personalities in public. So it's like, um, and of course, the 20 weeks in the first episode, he actually confessed, like when they're about fighting, he, he confesses to her. And that he he likes her like he likes her and he has feelings for her. It's like and she's like oh wrong because she's never you know been approached because I think because based on the rumors that her coworkers spread around her at Gecko it's like she never had a chance at romance so even same thing with Jalal because you know these two are pretty much cute and hot and it's funny how they both don't have experience in love and they're trying their best to know what's the best thing to do in a relationship but the problem is like you said. They're afraid of their relationship getting public. They're afraid what it's going to affect their families, what their coworkers are going to say, and you know the public views them because you know John Five is like the big hero, and you know they're afraid something's going to happen to them with the significant other, you know, and you know they're and they're trying their best to keep the relationship a secret. Um, while they miss, while you know their cars are fighting the enemy. I loved it uh, the fact that it's just them like trying their best and like I said Desmond's freaking ridiculously strong and Fudo trying his best to do everything to please her and it's just you know she gets overwhelmed because like I said she doesn't know how to receive these feelings so they're both learning along the way but at the same time keeping their stuff secret from their co-workers so definitely and I love their co-workers from both sides it's funny as hell and definitely check that out um, love at the world domination is currently airing on Finish airing on Crunchyroll, but definitely read the manga. Manga gets really good and it's real funny as well as the anime. I love the art style, so definitely check out Love at the World Domination. This one I gave it about six. The next one's about six. No, actually, seven. Actually, wow, wow. Okay, this one, eh, I'll say maybe it's good, it's all right. Um, it's not the best. I wish there was more plot, but it only lasted one season. I don't know how they do standard practice in Japan when it comes to like TV animes that they keep going or they just stop. Um, this is called Love and Lies, the Japanese title is Koi Uso. It ran for 12 episodes by Linden Films, that's by Filmworks licenses it. Based on the manga, it's a drama, romance, law, polygon, and school. Basically, this one is in a future society, Japan has implemented a complex system that prefers the red threads of science. To encourage successful marriages and combat increasingly low birth rates. Based on the compatibility calculation, young people at the age of 16 are assigned marriage partners by the government, with severe repercussions awaiting those who disobey the arrangement. For Yukari Nejima, a team that considers himself average in every way, the system may be his might be his best shot at living a fulfilling life. However, Sprover's graduation for his classmate and longtime crush, Misaki Takashi. Takashi. Ah. Yukari defines the system and confesses love. After some initial reluctance, Misaki reciprocates his feelings and more passion fortune before the two can fulfill their relationship. Yukari receives his marriage notice. He is then thrown into a crazy web of love and lies with his less than thrill assigned partner, Rarina Sanada, who becomes fascinated with his illicit romance. Places is where government steps in, mostly they use an algorithm. This is where the algorithm becomes like, determines like basically like, your future, basically. It's interesting the aspect of it where and the government's like, oh, you're you you're, you get at sixteen you get thrown like you gotta have to get married this person based on an algorithm, on an algorithm instead of you know the natural way. 
I mean, it's kind of similar how we're doing with dating apps. Is it's kind of similar with that where we're using an algorithm and trying to find a partner. Here's like they do all the searching for you, so it takes the work from you. So it turns to 16, and you get this notification saying, "Hey, whoever sent this notification, congratulations, and you had to meet your assigned bride." I need to do that just so they can start building chemistry and eventually doing some successful marriage. For him, it's like you know, I have a crush on this longtime friend, and all of a sudden he gets a, he's he I he confesses love, and all of a sudden you know he gets he finally gets the mail and gets the text notification and somebody else and she's not too thrilled but she decides you know they try to and then she finds out that she's marrying this other girl he's like she's arranged to marry this other person who maybe doesn't show interest in her as well so they're trying their best to hopefully get together and you know and his like assigned partner kind of loves the idea of reading romance kind of intrigues her but at the same time you kind of he's like you know gets to know his partner as well where she's coming from and you know how do you feel about this whole system it's fine to go to make them send these classes of how to be better couples even to the point of showing them the best way to make love to your partner as well it's kind of funny I just wish there was more episodes of this it's only like 12 episodes I don't know it came out in 2017 I might have to read the manga just to see what goes on afterwards but I think that's the reason why I gave it a 7 I wish there was more plot and stuff so like I said um, definitely check it out Love and Lies I believe it's also on Amazon Prime Video as well but I believe it's on High Dive definitely check it out on High Dive so let's go on to the next one we're almost there guys probably save the, the, the final ones for the next episode um, next one is Master Masumi no Ichiro Nishijo also known as Master Masumi Everyday Life when Monster Girls yes guys it's another hand everyone but it's more of an adult demographic this book is my favorite, one of my favorite voice actresses. Sorry, I'm a Mia. Isn't it? She plays Mia, which is like, she's like a, a Lamia, which is like a snake person. Um, basically, all the monsters are basically female, basically. <laughs> um, I love it. It's freaking hilarious. It's a, kind of like a comedy. It's fantasy. Yes, it's harem. There's some edgy moments. So I do recommend watching on High Dive. If it's still there, if not, you might have to watch through like. I heard they are trying to try to bring it back onto High Dive. I think Sentai Filmworks their like license expired when the whole AMC bought them. So they did promise that they are going to bring it back to the US. But I think it's streaming on other countries on High Dive. But they, they, they are saying that this is one of the ones they're going to try to bring back. Obviously, the more is based on a manga. And if you're reading the manga as well to continue the story. Um, this came out, in, I believe, in 2015. Yeah, in Miami, let's give it a 6.98. I gave it an 8. I enjoyed it. I wish there was more episodes. I think it felt, I think it felt kind of rushed. I wish it gave him time with each of these characters. And yeah, it's a harem, but I wish he gave time. Because it gives you a choice of who you want to root for. In the aspect of it. But also, like, you know, I wish, you know, before I talk about it more and review it, let me talk about a synopsis. This is from my man list, guys. Uh, when his parents are abroad, Kimihito Kurusu had lived a quiet, unremarkable life alone until monster girls came crowding in. This alternative reality presents cutting-edge Japan, the first country to promote the integration of the non-human species into society. After the incompetence of interspecies state coordinator Agent Smith, police Kimihito as the homestead caretaker of Olamia named Mia, the human-minted darling, quickly attracts girls to various breeds resulting in an ever-growing harem of eroticism and attraction. Unfortunately for him and the ladies, sexual interactions between species forbidden by Interspecies Exchange Act. The only loophole is doing an experimental marriage provision. Kimito's life becomes fraught with abundance of creature-specific caveats and sensitive interspecies law as the passionate and affectionate lusty woman hound his every move, seeking his romantic and sexual affection. When new species often appearing in an event of materialism out thin air, where can be he to his hair gold is anyone's guess. So this is where it gives you an idea of who do I choose for. Each of the characters are great. I love Mia. She's a lady. She's trying her best. She can't cook, but she's trying her best. She sees herself already married to Kurusu, but you know, not officially yet. But he's trying her she's trying her best to pretty much be there for him. And, you know, then you have Arachnia who's like a spider person. And then you got Sue, who's a slime girl. You got Poppy, who's like a harpy. But then you got Centuria, who's like a centaur. You got um, Marinette, who's like a mermaid. Then you got Lala, who's kind of like a Dullahan. 
And did he even have other monster girls as this like in Forest Agency? You got like a zombie girl. You got a, uh, I'll say she's a Oni. She's tall. Then you got a Cyclops, and you got like a, a doppelganger. And it's just Cruz is trying his best, like keep his hormones in check and these girls, you know, because the fact that you know with the laws and stuff. And at the same time, he's always teaching how it's almost like almost like a foreign exchange thing where. They're trying to submit to normal society, and you know the people still look down on them, and because they look different. But the manga kind of brings out more of these characters. I just wish it was more translated without the whole etchiness. I mean, yeah, there's some etchiness in the manga, but it's not as like as scream as the anime. As the it's not as extreme how it is in the anime. I'd say it's for fan service and reviews. Um, but definitely something you should check out. It's funny. Um, definitely check it out when it comes back to High Dive. So it's supposed to be coming back soon to it. We'll see when it happens, but definitely check out Awesome Assuming. So, I'm probably going to do one more and we'll probably call it. And we'll probably pick this up um, next week with the final recommendations and looking into next year. Um, let's go ahead and finish this off. And this anime just got announced for a new season, finally. I, and it's called, uh, I gave it a 7 out of 10. I just and I'll give you my reason why it's called Masamune Kun No Revenge or Masamune Kun's uh, Revenge. Oh, uh, it's by Silver Link. It's a studio. It currently it's on Crunchyroll. It's based on a manga. It's a comedy romance. It's a handle in a school setting with a shonen theme. Um, this came out in 2017. So yeah, it's go wild for it to be announced. And they just announced a new season of it for next year. When Masamuni Makabe was a child, he was rejected by a rich, beautiful girl named Aki Atedaki, who gave him the name, nickname Piggy for being overweight. Devastated, Masamuni put great effort to working out to improve his appearance. Now, a handsome yet narcissistic high school student, Masamuni is determined to exact revenge. He will have Aki fall madly in love with him and also reject her the next time they meet. To surprise, Masamuni discovers that he has transitioned to Aki's school. Setting his plans in motion, Masamuni first begins to form a relationship with the brutal princess, but despite his efforts, fails miserably at his initial attempt. Shockingly, when Masamuni finally progresses towards his vengeance, he sees a mysterious letter addressing him by his own nickname. Unless Masamuni discovers the sender's identity, his plan is due before he even starts. So, this is basically where supposedly these two were friends, and somehow she rejects him, and it's all about revenge where the detention is like I said, detention is um you know, turn her down just to get that revenge. But this dude puts a into a lot of effort. All the things he had to do just to keep where he is. And his mom is so cute. His mom is like not even that tall, but she looks like a little sister, but like he does have a sister as well. But it's funny how his mom is shorter than him and she looks like a lonely and she's like pretty much try her best to support him and he's like mom I can't eat this shit it's too greasy and stuff I need to look good he's like he keeps looking up in the mirrors he has that narcissistic attitude like he, his personality changed and and like I said it's a whole plot I try to you know and she's trying to make him remember him and stuff like he uses a different name and stuff too so so it's definitely interesting and even the anime does adapt the first 20 chapters of the manga which I gotta go I gotta read it but it is not bad. I like I said, the reason why I gave it a seven is just I don't know. Makabe is really I don't know. It's I think besides being yeah, I can admit he is handsome, but I wish that you know I don't know if he has a sister in this one. I can't remember. I don't remember. But no, his mom because that's his, his name is different. Yeah, he does have a younger sister. Okay, um, he uses a fake name like fake last name or uses a. A different name to hide his identity, but but other than that, it's like I said, Aki with her. I think it's because when she what background she comes from, she has this whole esque of um, from rich family, and you know, and Masamune is like you know, it's just I don't know his personality is weird. Like he tries too hard, and instead of being himself, he tries too hard to uses like you know science and stuff and. Trying to keep himself look good, like oh, I can't eat that shit. It'll go right to my thighs and stuff. And his mom tries to do best support her. His mom is basically like a lowly, like I said, she's short and stuff, but she's cute and all. But 
it's funny how all they test he does just to get like dude she just you, you just want him to make it fall in love with her but it's like you have to try to break through her personality but so i think what happens with aki i don't want to get into more details but she's holding out for one day remembering that childhood friend that she felt she lost a long time ago but that knowing with that she sees masamuni as not him because she's uh, she's not trying to guys like that. She was actually, but I don't want to get into more detail in it. It's something you gotta check out for yourselves. But definitely check out Masamune's Revenge. Getting ready for the second season, which is coming out next year. Also, check out the manga. All right. So let's see. Do we have time for one more? Yeah, we'll have time for one more. Okay. The last one we're gonna talk about. This is to me was the most cringiest anime. I don't recommend watching it. I'll leave it up to you. I gave it a six. It was fine. It was not that great, but I don't know. It was supposedly this was based on the work of a 1973 disaster about an earthquake. It's basically the title is called Japan Six. It's basically what it is. Nihon Jibutsu 2020. Japan Six 2020. It takes place in the year 2020, of course, with the pandemic and stuff. It's a drama, sci-fi. It was like I don't know, ten episodes. I'll read you the plot. Muzo family leads a peaceful life. Nichiro works at a construction site and his wife Mari is returning from an overseas trip. Their daughter Ayumi has just finished her track practice with her son goes to play video games at home. However, life as they know is flipped by down when a calamitous earthquake strikes the entire Japanese archipelago, obliterating their face of the country distant. With society crumbling around them, their national gradually sinking to the ocean, with the famous banners of a catastrophe. Trying to near a positive city, they're struggling not only to stay alive, but also in the difficulty of helping the loss. This is like kind of like a what if. What if like Japan basically has this big earthquake and it actually causes island to sink? It's just people's reactions kind of. I don't know. It. There was these like I love this family and all, and it follows this family, but also follows these other characters all around them, and it was just the most cringiest anime I've seen. I've seen it in dub and sub, and I mean it's, the dub was really good, uh, but I just felt the plot was like. I like the premise, like, what would happen, you know, if a continent just sink like that, you know? But it was just everywhere. It was, like, everywhere. Like, it was hard to get invested in these characters. And it was, you know, just to get invested in these characters and, you know, trying their best, you know. The girl, she's, like, a track star. And Ayumi's trying her best to keep the whole family in line and, like, helping her brother. It, like I said, it was and the people they come across the way just trying to get through this disaster. You people are patience and try to just get put to a test and even the point it's like even they went to other people. They even ran to a cult guy. It's like cult. I'm like, what the fuck? But it's up to you guys. I watched it because it was something different. It was in twenty twenty because of course pandemic. Um music's really good. Um other than that trying to think what else to say good thing about it but I, I like the art style also it's really good but I don't know it's something I don't know how we ever rewatch again I'll leave it up to you guys I watched it just to see the interest of it what people were talking about it and I don't know one of those animes where yeah it was fine but I don't see it was up there with a the top 10 I gave it an okay score of a 6 that's pretty much what everyone else was giving it but like I said it's underwhelming I wish there was more plot you know, um, take it with a grain of salt. It's up to you guys if you want to check it out. Definitely check it out. If you want to check out Japan's things, I'll be up to you. I don't recommend a rewatch of it. I probably won't never, re- never rewatch it again. It's one of those animes I decide, you know what? It's not for me. I'm not going to rewatch it because when 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 I love an anime, it's like I go back and rewatch it over and over again because I know I'm going to enjoy it. Something like Japan Sinks, not really. It's something I'm, I, you can only watch it once, never watch it again. It's like a movie. There's movies that I will watch over and over again, and movies that are like, eh, I'll just watch it once. That's it. So this could be like a cult classic, probably like the Super Mario Bros. movie, not the, the old one, 93. Now, uh, it was a flop back in the day, but now it's like a cult classic. It might be something like this with this anime. So if you want to take it for a grain of salt, definitely, if you want to check it out, might just go ahead. You don't really have to, but if you're interested in what happens in Japan, how they deal with earthquakes, check out Japan Sinks on uh, Netflix. So... We're down to the nitty gritty, guys. We'll probably see the rest for the next episode. Um, and pretty much see what's in store for 2023. So, hope you guys have a good Merry Christmas. I'm um, also um, 
Happy Hanukkah, and of course, you know, next week, the 26th Kwanzaa starts as well. Basically, happy holidays, Feliz Navidad, Feliz Año Nuevo. Um, see you guys again next week. As always, geek on and take care.